Welcome to One Cause Church. Here is another inspirational message from Senior Pastor Eric Holler. The future is now. The future is now. We, um, that's what the theme of our conference was, and so just continuing to ride that wave because it's a big wave. Wow, what an amazing conference. God spoke so many wonderful things over our ministry and over many of your individual lives. And remember that truth. Remember that the scripture says, believe in the Lord your God and be established. Believe his prophets and you will prosper. Amen. So hold, hold to that. Believe that the word of God will not return void because it doesn't. And so upon that, I'm just going to title this message today, which is going to turn into a few messages. I uh, wasn't intending on this turning into kind of a mini-series, but uh, it looks like it's, that's what it's going to do. So next two or three weeks, maybe four, I don't know, we'll just see what, how the Lord leads. We're going to be on this topic or the subject of the future is now. So let's all say it together. The future is now. Well, what, I mean, that's not just a cute little phrase that we say. This is our reality. We, we can see that worded in the scriptures in a different way, but the same truth. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. Now, are you catching this? Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Faith isn't just some little wispy little wish we're sending out. It is made up of a substance and an evidence. Check that out. Isn't that something? It's because you can't see it. There's a lot of things you can't see that are very real, right? doesn't mean they're not real just because you can't see them. And faith is this assurance that we have, this thing that we hold on to. It is everything that makes up our Christian life. We walk by faith. We Believe by faith that we are saved by faith through grace, through, through, by grace through faith. It's how we come into the kingdom of God. It's how we come into this salvation experience. And it's also how we walk our daily lives. Without it, it's impossible to please him. But with it, it's impossible not to please him. Faith is this assurance. It's, this, it's that now thing that connects us to the then thing. And it brings the then thing into the now. The future is now. Faith is now, hope is future, but now faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's right now in the realm of faith. It is everything that you're hoped for. Every future that you have a hope in because God has given you not only a future, but a hope as well as he said to Jeremiah, right? So right now in faith, the future is always now. Galatians chapter six, beginning in verse six says, let him who is taught the word share in all good things with him who teaches. Do you see that? Let him who is taught the word share in all good things with him who teaches. That's why on, 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 during this conference, when we had these who came and taught us, these prophets that came in and taught us, they taught us from the scriptures and they taught us through prophecy and, and uttered divine revelation to us. Um, that we had opportunity then to share something good with them, share something good to sow into their ministry, to sow into their lives. And Jesus said, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Our hearts are very connected, right? So that, that monetary gift that we're able to bring to sow into, to share with those who have taught us the word, 
is an expression of our heart being given to them. You catching this? Now, this is powerful because a whole truth unlocks from this statement right here. A whole truth unlocks. Look at verse 7. Do not be deceived. The word deceived here means to be led astray from the truth and into error. Do not be led away from the truth and into error. Why is he saying that? Because you're going to be tempted to. So he's giving us this warning. He's giving us this admonition. Don't be led astray. God is not mocked. He's helping us understand that God cannot, as a matter of fact, that's what Hebrews says, it's impossible for God to lie. Number says it like this. God is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. Has he said it and shall he not do it? Or has he spoken it and shall he not make it good? When Joshua was coming to the final days of his life, as an old man, he stood out there before Israel and he said, all of you know beyond a shadow of a doubt, and I'm paraphrasing a little bit, I doubt he used that phrase, all of you know that everything God promised us has come to pass. Not one of his words has failed us. This is what Paul is saying. Don't be deceived. God is not mocked. Here's, here's what he's, in, in this truth, whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. So, ah, okay, this is a universal truth, right? Can I just say it this simply? You reap what you sow. How many of you heard that from your mom and dad when you were growing up? How many of you now telling your kids that very same thing? How many of you are reaping from your kids what you sowed when you were a kid? <laughs> yeah. And then I see myself, I'm like, oh, why was I such an idiot? God is not my, for whatever. Whatever, I say whatever. whatever. You see that? Whatever. Whatever. This is awesome and a little frightening at the same time. Whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. Okay, verse 8. For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. That's not, that's not good. But he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. Now that is good. And let us not grow weary while doing good. For in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Therefore, as we have opportunity, you know right now, the future is now, now is the opportunity. As we have opportunity, take a deep breath in. Except that there's, there's an opportunity. You're, you're breathing. You're here right now. You're, you're in an opportunity right now. Are you catching this? You're here. You've got to monopolize on this time. Redeem this time. As you have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially to those who are of the household of faith. Oh, man, oh, man. Do not be deceived. Don't be led away. Because there are, there are things that are going to happen once you sow a seed then there's this thing called time, right? Seed, time, and harvest. And it's in that time, it's in that waiting, it's in that yearning, it's in that, hmm, that the tempter comes to try to convince you that the seed isn't going to produce anything. That you've 
had a crop failure, that God isn't faithful. He'll lie like a dog. He's good at it. And if you continue to bend your ear to that, then your strength begins to wane. Your fight of faith begins to weaken. You start questioning things that you normally wouldn't question. Where is God in all of this? Lord, what are you trying to teach me? All those prayers we pray when we don't know what to pray. <laughs> but this is saying, listen, don't be led astray from the truth. God is not. You've got to remember this. God will not be mocked. That's right. This law of seed time and harvest is real. Right. Yeah. And yeah. it works. Right. Whatever right. you sow, you will right. reap. God set that law up a long time ago. There are a lot of laws that govern this great planet that we live on. Come on, Asher, tell me, buddy. Is that Asher? Oh, no, that's not Asher. Oh, my goodness, what a doll. Huh? Legend? Buddy, what a name. Set up for big stuff right there. See, when, 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 I, when I hear a baby in church, that's music to my ears. Amen. I had some preacher friends that get so distracted by stuff like that. I mean, just mess the whole brain. I'm like, hey, buddy, these are people that are obviously not killing their babies. Amen. They're pro-life. That's right. Huh? And they're bringing them to church. You ought to rejoice over that. Amen. So let them talk to me. I like to hear them amen it. Amen. Right on cue. Right on cue, legend. The law of gravity, think about, you're sitting here today because the law of gravity is at work, isn't it? It's keeping you in your chair. You're not just floating off into space. What a weird thing that would be if gravity just decided, eh, it's not going to work today. Everybody all go poof, off the planet. But it keeps us grounded. But you can see God's design in this law of gravity in that gravity keeps us grounded, yet it doesn't keep us from moving. You can still stand up, walk, run, jump, dance, right? Move around, work, go to work, play. So there's this perfect balance of pull and give to it. Only God could design that. that things like that don't happen accidentally. Right? And then give us the, the proper density in these bodies to be able to function in that pull of gravity. It's, a, it's an amazing thing. Amazing thing that God does. It's an amazing law. We're glad that the law of gravity keeps working. It's something you don't even think about, though. How many, what's the last time you thought about gravity's influence in your life? You just don't think about it. No, you, you slide down a slide. <laughs> you lay down in a bed. Don't think about it, but it's always at work. This law of gravity and things like the law of seed time and harvest are these, uh, these expressions from creation of the truth, the enduring truth of the word of God. The sun goes up, the sun goes down. It speaks of this enduring truth of the word of God, the faithfulness of his promise yeah. that if he said it, he will do it. 
No. Creation screams at us. God is faithful. God is faithful. His word is holding it all together. Whatever a man sows, whatever you sow, you reap what you sow. If you sow to the flesh, you reap corruption. You sow to the spirit. Mm. You sow to the spirit. You will of the spirit reap everlasting life. So since we know that you reap what you sow, then we need to sow the right kinds of seeds. Right? Is it okay if I get elementary here with you? All right, if we can just kind of clear the clutter and just speak to you plainly. You reap what you sow. So this truth, now Paul is compounding. Remember, he started off with saying, sharing in all good things. Those of you that are taught what? The word. Sharing in all good things with him who teaches the word. And then he's compounding along the way. And then he reminds us of the faithfulness of God, that this law always works. God will not be mocked. And then he shows us then the, the negative and the positive of seed sowing. And verse 9, let's go back to verse 9 for a second. And let us not grow weary while doing good. For in due season we will reap if we do not lose heart. And then 10, let us do good to all. Okay, so whew, stay with me. I'm, I'm going somewhere. So we see people, though, we see people all the time. And we, it, it's in the world. We see people reaping corruption, don't we? I mean, just turn on the news. You see lots of it. Yeah. Yeah. We see it's, 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 as Paul said, the works of the flesh are evident. <laughs> the works of the flesh are evident. In the earth. We can see that. Yeah. Violence in the earth, abuse, perversions, all kinds of things that are happening that are bringing corruption into yeah. people's lives. Yeah. But there's also these subtle corruptions as well. And we find those amongst a lot of times in the church. These are yeah. seeds that look like, well, they have a good outward appearance, but they still reap corruption just like that which is of the world. And these are traps. These are self-righteous traps. These are legalistic traps. These are religious traps. And the devil plays this game really well because as an accuser, he's only a master at accusing. But the scripture says, who is he who condemns? It's Christ who died. It's Christ who died. So we know the truth. God doesn't condemn you. But my gosh, how the people of God have been trained to think that they have to keep this checklist of the do's and don'ts so that they can fully be accepted by God. And that they have to kind of live this cyclical kind of existence with God of always getting right with him. And that it's on them. And if it's on them, then what did Jesus do for us? I cannot add to what Jesus did for me. All I can do is receive it by faith. He's the only one who has the power to save me from my sins. But we've made up these little religious gyrations. And if you will label yourself with this denomination and, and if you'll jump through this hoop and if you don't touch that and if you don't taste that and if you don't drink that and if you, you know, uh, don't drink or smoke or chew or dance with the girls that do. That, those, if people, listen to me, if, how is it that we have not learned our lesson? We, but rules are, 
there's something about rules that's kind of, well, it makes sense to us, doesn't it? And that comes through that tree of knowledge of good and evil, which we were never intended to even function like that. So God gave his laws and they couldn't keep them. How in the world do we think that us adding our own laws are, are going to make us any better? They just trap us. They, they chain us. They oppress us. And we never really get free. And one of the issues I see as a pastor is someone who is continually preaching the word of God that I see with a lot of my brothers out there, they are emphasizing the wrong things. They're emphasizing sin and its power and your need to keep confessing it and keep, just keep people's minds on it all the time. So they keep falling into it, so they have to keep confessing it, so they have to keep falling into it, so they have to keep confessing it, so that they fall into it. So they, What is wrong? Come on, we are a victorious people. We've been brought out of darkness and into his light. If you play by the rules, you're dominated by sin. Sin shall not have dominion over you, Romans 6, 14. Sin shall not have dominion over you. You're not under law. In other words, what he's saying, if you're under law, it's going to dominate you. You're not under law. You're under grace. It's a whole new, this is a gift from God. This is God's favor and blessing coming into your life. This is the power of God to lift you up out of a sin consciousness out of the muck and the mire, the dark places that you once were because you are not who you once were. Now you've been brought near by the blood of Christ. Now you are sons of God. Now you are the light of the world. See, you're not, you're not just somebody who gets to do something for God. Amen. He didn't hire a bunch of employees. He made us sons. Amen. He brought us right into his family. Jesus is not ashamed to call us brethren, the scripture says. He's not ashamed to call us family. That blows me away. I'm like, Lord, you know me and you're still not ashamed. That, that amazes me. This is what we've been brought into. And this is how you will live a victorious life. He's sowing to the flesh. We see that. But in the context of this scripture, it's not really saying those things, is it? Those are things that we see that are evident, and those are maybe some of the experiences that we've had. But we're gonna, it will become clear, though, what sowing to the flesh is here, what, he's, what Paul is talking to us, when we know what sowing to the Spirit is. He teaches us to share in all good things with him who teaches the Word, and then he says, God will not be mocked whatever man sows. So he's saying that that sharing is a sowing. But then he then he clears it up for us and says, it is sowing to the Spirit, capital S, the Spirit of God. And when sowing to the Spirit, it says, of the Spirit, he will receive what? He will reap, it says, everlasting life. Anybody have an issue with that? I have a little bit of an issue with it. You sow to the Spirit, you reap what? Wait, 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 wait a second, wait a second. I thought everlasting life was a gift. I thought everlasting life was a gift. Isn't it a gift? Yes, say yes, say yes. It is a gift. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. A harvest isn't a gift. A harvest is the product of the work of sowing a seed. A harvest can't happen without the sowing of the seed, right? So, but we also know by grace we're saved through faith, and that not of ourselves. It is the gift of 
God, not of works. Okay, Paul, this is kind of confusing. I've got to sow something to reap everlasting life that's a gift. So please make that clear for me. Anybody understand what I'm talking about? When I come across scriptures like this, I start asking questions. Now, wait a second. That doesn't, the rest of the Bible, so many other scriptures talk about eternal life being a gift to us. Now, this says we reap it. Hmm. See, when you have questions like this from the scriptures, you come across this, I have some advice for you that will really help. Keep reading. Don't stop there at the question because the Bible will answer the questions. It, it, it has this, it's a miracle. And the Bible has answers that you have questions of in it. It answers itself over and over again. This is called the rule of hermeneutics. Scripture, that's a, that's a theological word for Scripture, inter- interpreting Scripture. Okay? So we have to keep reading so that we can understand, because we know that we can't do anything to earn eternal life. So what does this mean by to reap eternal life? Well, I'm glad you asked, because I asked the same question. And look at verse 9. And this is where, this is where it, it totally unlocks. And then I'll let you go, I promise. And let us not grow weary while doing good. Again, he's telling us, don't grow weary. Why is he telling us that? Because you can grow weary doing good. Hmm? It's not always easy doing the right thing. Matter of fact, most of the time it's not. But it's still the right thing. And when the world is pushing, its system is pushing against this walk with God, you can grow weary. That's why we need this right here. That's why we need, because the scripture says, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. The word wait in Hebrew means to gather together with expectation. We'll renew their strength. They will mount up with, we need each other. Come on, turn to somebody and tell them, I need you. Now tell them, you also need me. Amen. We get strength from one another. Watch this. All right, I got to keep moving. For in due season, we shall, we shall reap. What are we reaping here? What does it say? We're reaping eternal life if we do not lose heart. We're reaping it if we do not lose heart. Now watch this. Due season is where this unlocks. Due season literally means in the Greek, your own, this is so good, limited period of time. Now watch this. Your own limited period of time. Watch this. Let us not grow weary while doing good for in your own limited period, which he's talking about this time we're living in. God set up the world and he put it in time. He's outside of that, right? He's the eternal God, but we are in the confines, the span of time. It has a beginning and it has an end. It is finite in that way. For in due season, in my God, in your own limited period of time, you shall reap. What are you going to reap? Everlasting life. Where and when? In this limited time. Oh, so this isn't talking about when we get to heaven. This is talking about accessing heaven in time. Woo! You can... how God, what a system God has set up. You sow into that spiritual thing. That word that has been taught to you, that you are learning from. 
you sow into that, you share in all good things, and God sees that as sowing seeds to the Spirit Himself. He takes that into Himself, is what it says. To the Spirit, will of the Spirit. So check this out. Not only is the Spirit the one that you're sowing to, but He's also the one who's putting the sickle in the harvest of heaven. Everything that pertains to eternal life and bringing it right into where you live in this time. Woo! Come on, somebody ought to shout. That's incredible. Hmm? Right now. That's why Jesus said you need to pray things like this. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth. How? As it is in heaven. See, it is God's desire that you experience all that eternal life is about, even right here in your mortality. The same spirit that raised him from the dead lives in you right now. In this mortal body. Woo! Oh, church, we got to awaken to this truth. The world is yearning for it. The world is groaning. It's in these birth pangs. That's why we have these excessive weather patterns. This isn't God's judgment on the world. God judged Jesus for us. God reconciled the world. But the world is saying, where are the sons of God? Who's going to call heaven down to earth? You are. You are. Because we need heaven here. I'll finish with this thought. In Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy, chapter 11, in the King James Version, as my dad prefers it only, and he calls every other version the Toys R Us version of the Bible. He got me one day. He got me one day. He said, you ever read the Declaration of Independence? I said, I'm an American, ain't I? He said, he said really, he said, it's kind of hard to read, isn't it? I said, yeah, it is. He said, because of the language of the time, it's that kind of old English. He said, you want them going in there messing with that document? Translating it for you? I said, no. He goes, oh, so you don't have any problem with them translating God's word. Like, all right, Dad, good point. I still read New King James, though. Okay, anyway, something to think about, though. Shall you, therefore, shall you lay up these words in my heart? Now, God is speaking to the children of Israel, and He's showing them what to do in order to have something really good from Him. And it's all about the words, His words. Therefore, you sh- shall you lay up my, these, my words, in your heart and in your soul, which is made up right here, your mind, your will, your emotions, and bind them for a sign upon your hand, that they may be as frontlets between your eyes. What is he saying? you got to get serious about these words that I'm giving you. you got to get your focus on them. As he's going through, in 19 and 20, he says, teach them to your kids. Write them every place that you can, on your gates. When you get up in the morning, talk about them. When you lie down at night, talk about them. Talk about them throughout the day, when you're walking, when, when, in the city, in the, I mean, wherever. Just Keep the word before you all the time because here's what the word brings you. Oh, this is so good. Look at 21. That your days may be what? Multiplied. And the days of your children. I declare that in Jesus' name. I receive that. Watch. In the land which the Lord swear unto your fathers to give to them. Well, who are these fathers you're talking about? Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Now, this is important that you know that because you're connected to them. 
because they are the fathers of our faith. They're outside of that era of the law. The scripture says Christ became a curse that the blessing of Abraham would come upon the Gentiles, that we might receive the promise of the spirit through faith. And if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. In other words, what he's saying, you can have the kind of life that Abraham had, which is one of great blessing. All right, it's on you. Watch this. As, come on, let's read these last few words. As the days of heaven upon the earth. Ooh, this is in the heart of God. This is in the heart of God for you. And it's an amazing thing that he shows us how to sow into that and sharing good things with those who are bringing that word to us that we need so that heaven can come down into our lives. Lastly, verse 10 of Galatians 6. This is amazing. Now the truth expands a bit. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially to those who are of the household of faith. Wow. So it's not just limited to those who are teaching us the word. Look around you. Huh? It's the one sitting next to you. This is, our, this is the household of faith. This is our family. Those are in the family. He says, especially to those. But do good to all. And when you're doing that, woo, you're sowing seeds to bring a harvest of heaven into your own limited period of time right now. Praise God. Does that bless you today? In other words, the future is now. Father, thank you. Thank you for this time in your word today. Thank you for the truth of your word. As David said, your truth endures to all generations, which means it's an ancient book, but it is a right now book. It's a relevant book. It's a right now real truth for our lives. Every generation, all generations, the counsel of the Lord stands forever. Thank you, Lord. Of all the things that we experience, we have experienced in this life, all the uncertainties that are out there, thank you, God, that we have something greater to hold on to than just a mere existence, than merely just letting life happen to us. Oh, no, God. But understanding the design, the purpose, the creator who is behind the creation, the one who called us out of darkness and into his marvelous light, the one who is for us and not against us. Our God who, t- who pronounced the judgment for our sin. But then you yourself carried out the sentence for our sins. And Jesus said these amazing words. Whoever believes on him who sent me will not come into judgment. But has passed from death to life. Thank you, Lord, for that beautiful, glorious gospel that is teeming with the power of God to save. It will save anyone who believes, Jews and Gentiles alike. It is the power of God. Christ died for our sins. He was buried and he rose again the third day. Believe on him and you shall have everlasting life. And then live a life of sowing into the Spirit so that you can already get periods of time 
where heaven invades your life. So you get these experiences of what you're going to have forever. Thank you, Lord, for this access that we have. Help us, Lord, to be aware of it and to, to seize those opportunities, God, to make due use, to not grow weary, but to only be convinced, fully persuaded that God is able to perform what he promised, that when we sow, we will reap. Because God said that, and we believe it. Thank you, Father. I pray right now, Lord. I pray right now. Listen, Jesus, he died for our sins. His blood was shed for our sins. But in the same afternoon that his blood was shed for our sins, my family, he was beaten with a Roman scourge. They beat him and tore his flesh open. His body was broken for your healing. And the scripture says, by his stripes. See, right now, Jesus bears the marks of this covenant. These scars are receipts saying paid in full. Paid in full. Your healing is paid in full. And if you're here today and you have any kind, you're suffering with any kind of pain, ailment, disease, sickness, I want you to lift your hand right now because his power right now is heal, here right now to heal you. Lord, we thank you for that. We thank you. The moment that first stripe was laid on your precious, your precious back, Lord, that fountain of healing opened up wide and came gushing out to all who would receive it. So we thank you now. Healing is theirs. And we thank you for that exchange. Woo! That great exchange. You were wounded so they could be healed. Woo! So we receive it today. Bodies receive now this word of God, this healing word, because he sent his word and he healed you and he delivered you from all your destruction in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for that right now. Right now. Say this with me. By his stripes, I am healed. He carried my pains. He carried my sorrows. He bore my sickness. He bore my disease so that I don't have to. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed the message. For more information about One Cause Church, please visit us online at onecausechurch.com.